At some point, uh, following the resurrection, which we spent a lot of time on last week, Jesus had something to say, and Matthew recorded this statement in chapter 28. I don't have to quite look it up yet, but I will look up some other scriptures. It's a well-known scripture, and I guess it's to do with the will and testament, Linda. That was lovely. That was great. That was inspiring. And he said these words, all authority has been given to me. He said this following the resurrection, where he fulfilled the will of the Father, and now he's walking into another will. All authority has been given unto me in heaven and the earth. And all of that statement about his authority, he chooses to put onto his subjects or his followers or his disciples. And he says, and with this authority... You can go into all of the world, preaching the gospel, healing the sick, overcoming spiritual obstacles, and preaching the kingdom of the good news of God. Now, that's a part of the Great Commission that we know of, a powerful statement which Matthew was smart enough to remember and record. And so, this morning, I want to spend a bit of time looking at a believer's authority. And uh, Garen has asked me just to share on this subject and maybe over the next few weeks it might roll out some more, but um, we'll start on it today. Is that all right? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning that you have invoked your will uh, over your church. You have invoked your will over believers, that you have not just given us an inheritance to come, but you have imparted into us something that you imparted into Jesus, that his authority in heaven and earth will reign, and it's meant to reign through the church. Father, be with us and guide us and bless us today as we consider this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I'm going to uh, speak on this thing just a little bit longer, and... Uh, Firstly, Jesus commissioned 12 apostles to, to go out. There was a, the commissioning of the 12 in Luke chapter 1. And he says this, One day Jesus called his 12 apostles and gave them power and authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal the sick and to tell about the kingdom of God. There was a three-part process taking place with his authority and his power that... Uh, that Christians would go through some sort of metamorphism, some sort of change, some sort of superfood. You know what superfood is. You certainly know what superfood is. Where Jesus comes and wants to impart something supernatural so that uh, people could go and take this good news uh, and to tell about the kingdom of God, uh, to have an impact on the spiritual arena and be uh, atmosphere changers in their world. And uh, he said that very clearly to his 12. But then again, in the next chapter, chapter 10 and verse 19, he gathers 70 more. And he grabs these 70 and he gives them a similar sort of concept of going and uh, ministering and teaching. And they got so incredibly blown out, their eyes blew up like saucers, mace. 
because they would actually go and speak to, to spiritual forces over people's lives and they came home unbelievably changed, saying these things honoured what we had to say. They responded. I have given you authority over all power of the enemy, Jesus said, chapter 10, verse 19. But don't rejoice just because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered. It's part of the will. Your names are registered as citizens of heaven. You're in this new will factor now. It's being rolled out over your life. It's yours for good. Just imagine if your father won the lottery (laughs) and left it for you. Man, you'd be so happy, wouldn't you? Well, I've already dreamed of distributing money to all my children and children I don't even know yet. Children who are not even being fed on a daily basis. I've got it all planned. I'm rolling. Imagine what the father thinks. Imagine what he thinks with a pure mind and sees it all. And he says, I've given you this authority, but rejoice because you're a citizen of mine. That's why the authorities come. That's what he said, these words. So these two key concepts. That first one is that there is authority before power. Because he says, I, all authority is given to me and you will overcome powers. Power's been given to us as well, but I'll come to that in a moment. But there is authority before power, and there's a position of citizenship before receiving the authority. And that's what inspires me today. Now, the word authority is a lawful right to enforce obedience. Every father needs to write that down. (laughs) The word authority is the lawful right, not a, an invoked, I'm going to dominate over you right, but a lawful right to invoke obedience. So let's consider authority and power for a minute because there is a major difference between the two. Now, I want you to imagine that I got into my car this morning, and I did, and I'm driving here. Now, I've got a, 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 very, a fairly powerful engine in my car. It's a, it can pull everything except, a, I don't know, it's very strong. That's why I got it, because I pull a caravan. Now, I'm driving here today, and I came across a set of traffic lights. I want you to imagine me coming across a set of traffic lights, and the lights are green, and I'm doing just slightly above 60, because I'm in the land of grace, and I'm doing just slightly... <laughs> I'm doing it 60 k's an hour. And we all know the road rules if you've got a driver's license that when the light goes to orange and you're a certain distance away, you've got to treat the orange as a red. In other words, you've got to stop. But my mind is thinking, you see, I'm looking around all over the place. I'm like, there are cars over there, there are cars over there. That's the time, how we're going, and all this sort of stuff. And so all of a sudden, the light goes to orange. I've got choices to make. Do I increase my speed slightly slightly to justify why I'm going through it? Do I look in the rear vision mirror and realise the guy's just a little bit close, so I definitely need to be going through it? Uh, do 
Do I hit the brakes? What? I, I've got options. True? Now, I want you to imagine I'm coming to the same intersection. But instead of there being traffic lights, there's a policeman in the middle of the intersection. Now, when I grew up, there weren't many traffic lights, but the policemen you knew that doing traffic duty because they would put long white gloves on. Who remembers those days? Praise God for that generation. Now, and, and, and all of a sudden, the policeman, irrespective of what speed I am doing and irrespective of how close I am to the intersection, he puts his hand up. What choice do I have? I have one choice. To stop. Now that, I've got all the power in the world under my bonnet. All he's got is a hand. But there is something behind that hand. There's an authority that has been invested to him by the crown. And his authority usurps my power. Now we all know that if I choose to disobey the authority, he will muster his power in the form of multiplication of himself. And at two o'clock in the morning, he and all of his twins will be knocking on my door and their power will overcome whatever power I've got. And I want to make one thing absolutely certain this morning that the policeman has invested authority before power. But make sure, make absolutely sure that he can draw on the power if somebody chooses not to obey the will of the authority. Any country that would try to violate the authority of the United States will not see a white hand going up, but they will hear large motors rolling in. Power is demonstrated if the, the, the lawful right of authority is violated. Now, I didn't decide to look at the policeman, decide he was a six-foot burly man with a few tats on him, or to look at the fact that that policeman was a policewoman and five foot two inches tall and 50 pounds. The fact of the matter is it's irrelevant what the person looks like. It's irrelevant what the person had for breakfast. It's irrelevant what the person's going through. It's irrelevant if they're in a crisis in their personal life or not. The moment the hand goes up, the authority is invoked. Are you hearing where I'm going through this morning? Jesus has given us authority and he's given us power to bring lawful rule and order into his kingdom, into, his, in, into the rulership of the church over the earth. So, I want to look this morning a little bit about this delegation of authority. A couple of weeks ago, I received an email from the New South Wales Police Force. Uh, it wasn't a fine. I normally deal with those ones in some other way. But uh, I, I received an email from the police force with an application 
for a young man that I once employed. And he's applying to become a policeman. And uh, I thought, do they want the truth or do they want me to just say something nice? But they worded the, the application that they knew exactly what they were after and they gave me a couple of lines between each question to fill in and there was no room for error. And uh, I filled it in and I shot it off. Now, I want you to open up your Bibles this morning to Ephesians chapter 1. Remembering that the policeman's authority holds back whatever power he chooses to hold back. It's as if he is the queen or the king, the sovereign of the land. Um, Sadly, I won't be reading to you from the New King James, Linda. But I did find this new modern version, and it's all right. You see, there's something that takes place in the role of a policeman who has to go through a journey from not being a policeman to becoming a qualified policeman and in having invoked authority over his life. It's the same principle that God writes here in Ephesians chapter 1 regarding you and me. Now, we can see authority. In fact, I had somebody break into my caravan on my front lawn uh, a year ago. It was late at night, and there was a team of drunken kids going up and down the street. It was about 1 o'clock in the morning, and I could just sense trouble in the air. And Margaret refused. She forbade me from going out the door and sorting, sorting this mess out as though trashing my caravan because she didn't want to visit me in Canberra Hospital. And so I called the police. Within minutes, this little tiny woman turned up. Oh, God, here I am, 65 years. I'm a male. I should be older. Pulled down, and this little woman turned up. And she said, where are they? Let me at them. She couldn't overpower anything in the natural. But man, she had a uniform on. And that made all the difference. I want to say to you this morning, God's got a uniform for you. God has got a uniform for me. He has delegated to us, through his will, authority. Now here, this, Paul writes in the... Uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 3 how we praise God the father of our Lord Jesus Christ in fact in this particular chapter all three members of the Godhead are mentioned the father the son and the spirit they're all mentioned in this passage of scripture that we're going to look at Ephesians chapter verse 3 how we praise God the father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly realm because we belong to Christ. Long ago, even before he made the world, God loved us and he what? He chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. That's the first concept this morning. I want to say there's a choice that's taking place. God the Father's choosing. You know the scripture says all are called but few are 
What does that mean? That's a challenging question. Why would God call everybody but just choose some? I'm going to tell you in just a minute's time. Now, that's the first thing. The second thing is found in verse 7. Firstly, there's a choosing factor. Then this is the second thing that goes on here, and it says in verse 7, He is so rich in kindness that he purchased our freedom through the blood of his Son, and our sins are forgiven. Now, this is the second thing that this Paul's writing in Ephesians, that there is a choice factor, that God makes a choice to choose us, and now there's a price factor that's taking place, that he's, he's purchased us through the blood of his son. There's a price for the will. There's a price for the authority. And a price factor has starting to unfold here. And the third thing is, found in verse 13. Thank you, Dan. And says, and now you have all heard the truth, the good news that God saves us. And when you believed in Christ... It says here in this version, he identified you as his own, giving you the Holy Spirit. Or it says in the New King James Version, he has sealed you with the spirit of promise. So here we are, we've got a transaction that's about to take place where God's going to invoke his authority. And the purpose of his authority is is to bring order. He's going to invoke his authority on people that he has chosen and people that he's redeemed or caused the price to be paid for. And as a result of that, he's given us his royal seal. Now, when I, in the 70s, I was a Christian, just a new Christian, brand new Christian, and there was a move of God in the 70s, uh, all on end times. And we got the bank card. Anyone ever get a bank card? I got a bank card. Most of you young people wouldn't even know what a bank card is. But at one stage, a bank card and a visa card and a master card were running together. Now, the bank card was designed for Australia only. It was set up to see how we would go with electronic money. And it was a little B with three colours around it. And it looked like three little numbers, six, six, and six. And Christians used to preach against the bank card. Don't get a bank card. It's the mark of the beast. Remember that, Stephen? And uh, everything was preached on bank card. And, and we, my wife was pregnant, and there was all this thing. Woe, woe betide a woman in, who's in pregnant during the, the day of the Lord and all this sort of stuff. And I was just, oh, my gosh, don't go away from me. Keep away from me. Because we're going to have some kids. Keep away from me. You don't know what the pressure you put me under. And I said, you don't know what the pressure you put me under. It said, keep away from me. And, and, and this is the pressure of that time. And everyone was fearful of getting a number, the mark of the beast on their hand. And there was a preaching that went on for about five years. But nobody ever preached on Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 that says there's another seal that we wear. Uh, and the Bible says it'll either be on our forehead or on our hand. It's the seal of the spirit of promise. I want to say his authority will overcome the enemy's power. And so this, this, uh, this is something worth thinking about. This is the, the, this little five-foot policewoman. Where are they? Let me at them. And I realized she had, she had some seals. She had it on a shirt, Kevin. And she had it on a cap. And, 
And uh, she even packed a little bit of power on her hip. And, and, uh, but she had authority. And she knew that the moment she raised her hand, she had faith to believe in the crown. Isn't that amazing? She believed in the one that she could see, but we need to believe in the one whom we can't see. That's called faith. So let's go through this very quickly, this whole transfer thing. For the first step, God chose us. He chooses through observation. Now, when I got this email from the police, would you mind doing a reference on this young man? They were going through step one, the choice of observation. They wanted to know whether this young man was right for them and they wanted to know, was, sorry, was he right for them and were they right for him? They wanted to know whether this was going to be a relationship that would work. And they, I sent that email, and then they would go through the interview process and consider this young man, will he flow with our desires? That's the first thing they do. And if it works out that the young man is not going to flow with their desires, they will weed him out. Now, it says in the last days, the wheat and the tares will grow together. The sheep and the goats will live together. Now, there are people, the Bible says he's called everybody, but only some will be chosen. Now, that the purpose of him making that statement is this. God says, I will never usurp your will. If you, I've chosen you, but if you choose not me, that's your will. That's all right. It's not going to work for you in the kingdom. I'm not going to force you into the kingdom. I'm not going to demand you into the kingdom. But I've laid down a pathway for you to enter the kingdom. I've paid a price for you to enter the kingdom. You choose this day which you will have, life or death. Fundamentally, that's what it comes down. That's the choice process. That's phase one. And people can hear the gospel and people can argue about the gospel or people can re relax and enjoy the gospel. The choice is the person. The message is the same. Nothing alters. And we've got to realize that there is a, there's a choice of observation. The Bible says that God laid down his blood before the foundation of the world. He was making choices for us. A long time ago. The question is, are we making the choice for him? That's a season of observation that, that we go through. That's, and that's laid out by the Father. The second one, and I talked about in Ephesians 1 verse 7, that's the qualification phase. Somebody's got to pay the price. The policeman's gone through his initial entrance. Yes, that's fine. But then he has to go through an intake program. And it's going to cost him something. He's going to work hard for it. He's got to go through exams. He's got to study. He's got to be able to prove to them he has the metal to be able to be a policeman or a woman. Excuse me, ladies, if I'm not including the, the understanding, I'm, I'm saying all of us here. And so there is a process of paying a price to be able to wear the seal. Now, the Bible says here that Jesus has paid the price. We've had that in verse 7. 
the father moved on and says, someone's got to pay a price for this seal. Well, the fact is you and I could never pay the price. But he sends somebody who steps in and pays the bill. The course is covered. The answers to the exams are covered. Everything's covered. I want to go to that university. And I did. It's called the School of the Spirit in Christ Jesus. And so he has paid. Jesus has paid. The Son has paid. Part two, the price to qualify. I loved a message. My son preached a message here a few years ago. And it blew my mind. And you may still remember it, Garen. But it was a message about, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. It was all to do with a rabbi uh, and, and uh, his students. And you have to go through qualifications to become a rabbi. And they called Jesus rabbi, but he never went through a school of qualifications. But he used the same term when he come up to young people and and Peter and John, all these guys said, come, you follow me. It was all about him paying the price, the rabbi paying the price and bringing the disciple into the priesthood with him. Amazing message. It's all to do with price. And the price has already been paid. The tuition's been covered. The results are there. The Bible says you will have the spirit and you'll know the answers of truth says that in 1 John. And it's all been covered in the exam costs. And it's all been mapped out there for us. So the policeman goes through this season of choice of observation. Then he has to go through an intake for qualification. Now, once they pass that exam... And they all th- they do it up in Goulburn in New South Wales, and they all throw their hats up in the air, and they're all excited. All of a sudden, they receive, they each get their own certi- special certificate from the governor of New South Wales, who represents the sovereign, the queen of Australia. And as a result, it says, now I'm giving you a license to practice. And the Holy Spirit in verse 13 comes to people like you and me. Once we've been chosen, we've chosen to flow with him. And the price that has been paid has been paid in full. Once that's happened, Jesus said, I will send you the Spirit. Part three is just about to happen. And we can start to throw our caps in the air. Because he says, I'm now giving you a license to practice. You have now been certified. I don't feel like I'm certified, Pastor. I just feel like a little weak person standing in front of all this power. Just put up your hand. Just put up your hand. In Jesus' name, you just put up your hand. And I want to tell you, I'm not telling you to put up your hand now, but I'm telling you, in that situation, you just put up your hand. For in Jesus, well, the scriptures tell us about the sons of Sceva and some spirits come and jumped on them. They started to invoke the name of Jesus. And, uh, and uh, they said to, you know, they stripped them naked and sent them running. They said, Jesus we know and Paul we know. But who are you? They were some of the goats living with the sheep. We haven't seen the seal on your life. But I want to tell you, we sang that beautiful song this morning. That's song number two. We're free, free. Why are we free? Because we've got the seal of the Spirit. Now, with the seal, 
comes the authority. We're more than redeemed. With the seal comes the authority. We are the authorized ones. We are the Christ-like ones in the earth. If God the Father came into this building this morning, I wonder what he'd be looking for. Broken people? Rich bank balance? You can receive it if you want. You know, take, take, take that one. What would he be looking for? It starts with the letter J. There's only a few letters in the word. What is the Father looking for when he comes into here this morning? Jesus. We are Christ in the earth. We are the Jesus in the earth. Now, that might be a hard pill to swallow. But Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, you know, the times are going to come when there's going to be spiritual forces, uh, but you need to recognize we aren't fighting with flesh and blood. And he, and he starts to describe to us that we need to put on a uniform. He calls it the armor of God. And he said, put on the whole armor of God. We, talk, we know about the, the helmet of salvation, um, the breastplate of rights. We know all these things, the sword of the spirit. They're all, they're all there. They're all there. So that when some enemy comes in and we choose to put up our hands, he says, I've seen that uniform before. I don't like that uniform. That uniform defeated me last time. I'm going to back off. That's fundamentally what happens. And if he doesn't back off, you just get hold of one of your buddies because the Bible says one Christian can overcome a thousand. But what about two? All of a sudden, the power of your authority starts to kick in. And I want to tell you, just like a policeman, a group of policemen, no matter how bad the bad boys are, the policemen always win. I've got news for you. It doesn't matter how terrible forces, spiritual forces in the heavenly realm are, the Christians always win. If we understand our authority. I want you to stand with me this morning. We are chosen. We've been called to cooperate with his will. We have been qualified through the repenting process of the blood of Jesus Christ and are saying, Lord, I choose you. I choose your way. I choose your rulership. I choose your kingdom. And we've been sealed or empowered as fully endorsed disciples of Jesus Christ so that when he says, all authority has been given to me, go ye therefore in that authority. He's, he's deputized us to be disciples, carrying that authority. We may not feel anything powerful in our life. We don't have to. All we have to do is to put up our hand. The power will stop. We need to just stand in faith. When Paul says, when I've done everything, all I need to do is stand. You know, if we just realize what it would be just to be a Christian standing in authority, the world could be a different place. We are meant to be atmosphere changers. We are meant to go into towns and villages and area and, and declare the light of the gospel, to bring the love of God and to let our light shine. That's the authority of Jesus. We're atmosphere changers. We're meant to change environments. And we do it not because we're nice people. We do it because we're seriously wearing a uniform that says you will obey the rules.
rules of God. You will obey atmosphere, spiritual forces, to what's happening over this community. In fact, we own this community. You're living on borrowed time. Just a final thought. Believers' authority is maintained in godly order. If we break the order, if we start to lose our way and run amok, the authority is put on hold because the authority is meant to bring godly order. That's why Jesus said, if for some reason you step out of line, I'm there as your intercessor and your advocate. Come to me. Don't, don't, don't let it linger. Bring it to me straight away and deal with it straight away. If you're having a disagreement in a relationship in your home, don't let the sun go down on it. Deal with it straight away. You don't want to let things that are out of order linger in your life. God wants a life or a subject with a life of order. Just continually be mindful of that. And we will move. We'll see this place changed. I think that's enough for today. Let's sing. Where's the rest of the musicians? What's going on here? Let's get a bit of order. We are not going to start without you. All are chosen. All are called, but few are chosen. And I want to ask you all here this morning, have you all surrendered your hearts to the Lord? I, I, I assume you have, but I just throw that out there. Because God wants to count you amongst the sheep and not amongst the goats. He wants to count you amongst the wheat and not amongst the tares. And He wants to give you authority to be able to fulfill His will. And that only comes as we willingly submit to His order. Father, we thank You this morning that You desire every believer to carry Your authority. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. At the name of Jesus, every tongue will confess. At the name of Jesus. I thank You, Father, that our authority rests in the name of Jesus. And we bless You for it today. Christians to know that uh, in a crowd even this size that there's a bunch of people there's someone in our life that as much as we stand here and declare that we're free you know you're not free in it and you hear you hear someone preach from the word about the authority that you have in God 
And there's an area in your life, there's an area in our life that is like, I've tried, I've tried to stand my ground, I've tried to put my hand up. It doesn't change, I can't shake off this addiction, I can't shake off the, I can't win, I can't overpower this thing. This is where the, the family of God comes into play and this is where we join together. That illustration was given so clearly this morning about other officers coming on board and as we're going we're gonna to have a moment here this morning. We are going to enter into another worship song but I'm going to invite you if you are feeling tired and you haven't conquered in a certain area in your life and you believe you've, you've stood in the authority of God but it just hasn't happened. You know, some of those some of those disciples that were sent out, they came back to Jesus, and 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 actually there was a, there was an illustration where a man came to Jesus and said, "My child needs to be set free." Your disciples couldn't do it, and Jesus was a bit upset by the whole thing, so he just went ahead and set the child free, and he was a little disappointed that his disciples didn't do it. They all they need to do is stand the ground, maybe gathering somebody else to agree with them, maybe maybe find somebody else that was that could link arms with them and link in, in prayer with them and declare and stand firm. And we're gonna do that this morning. There's no shame in not being able to break through by yourself. And uh, some of us just need somebody to throw their arm around our shoulder and pray a prayer for us, declare for us. And uh, during this song we're gonna do that. This is something else that we're going to do, which we don't normally do. And we don't try to get into the habit of when people come to the front and pray. We normally have um, some of our leaders come and pray. But this is going to be one of those mornings where I'm going to invite anybody to come and stand and pray with whoever's here. If you're feeling comfortable to do that, because you're not here to necessarily uh, pray anything out of the ordinary, you're just here to stand with that person and, and carry the load and, and declare with your authority that He's given each and every one of us. Gone are the days where you I mean you have to come to the pastor to pray everything, but we all carry that seal of the Spirit on our life. And if you can come and stand next to somebody else that just needs another person, just needs another seal next to them, just to join with them. Is that all right? So we're going to worship, and in this, your own time throughout this song, just come, and if you see somebody that you would love to stand with, come and pray with them. And uh, we're going to see you break through and break free in, in, in the authority that He's given us. Amen? No, you don't want to live a, a bound Christianity. You want to be free. I know you do. I heard you just declare it in that last song. Oh, this is going to be a moment for you. This is a milestone year for you. Why not this morning be set free from that? Uh, take it away, guys. Let's go. Let's sing this song together. And if that's you, you come. Jesus Christ. 
you're inadequate that's the beautiful thing about the kingdom you are inadequate but at the name of Jesus every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord we stand here Lord in your authority in your victory we stand here together acknowledging your authority and power and rulership we direct that toward the person next to us and their life right now. Lord, we stand with them. We agree together and we put to flight those that are against us. We break through in the areas that have held us down. In Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus, we stand here. service up right now it's a don't underestimate the power of confession don't underestimate the power of declaration the name of Jesus it's just it's just speech it's just words but you know what just speech and just words was this thing that created all of existence came from God and let me encourage you if you've had a bit of a a transaction here this morning if you've had a bit of a breakthrough this morning let somebody know possibly the person that prayed with you this morning you need to you need to share that if we can just go on with this illustration of a police officer one step further after after something would take place and what there'd be a lot of paperwork to get through wouldn't there as a there's a, a procedure to go through and, and after a time like this and you're feeling and you're sensing and you're holding on to some sort of breakthrough tell somebody don't put it away let somebody know talk through it pray through it and and in time you'll see the breakthrough come amen God is good is so good you have a great week there's tea and coffee out the back there some sunshine shining have a chat to somebody you haven't seen for a long time maybe you've never met before don't leave any relationship undiscovered in the church be blessed Have a great week.